0: This is Illinois Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll review the top stories from the past week and get commentary from The Center Square publisher, Chris Krug, and executive editor, Dan McCaleb. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hi, this is Chris
1: Krug, publisher of The Center Square. Our team produces the nationally read and recognized news stories at TheCenterSquare.com, the country's fastest-growing nonprofit, nonpartisan, state-focused news and information site. We deliver essential Illinois news and information with a taxpayer sensibility through reporting that's easy to understand and easy to share with your friends and family. We know that you want to get a quick update on what's happening at the state capitol in Springfield and across the state. Our team writes short, impactful stories that help all Illinoisans understand what's going on in their home state. We know that you need information that allows you to understand what the governor and your local legislators are doing. Our team covers government and the activity of elected officials so you can make sense of how their activity affects you and your family and your future here in Illinois. We know Illinois because we live in Illinois. Get the news that you need to know at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com,
0: thecentersquare.com. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Here are some of the top stories from the past week. The special committee investigating House Speaker Michael Madigan's involvement in the bribery scheme has hit the pause button as it officially notifies the U.S. Attorney they're also going to investigate the issue. In July, federal prosecutors released a deferred prosecution agreement where Utility ComEd agreed to pay $200 million in fines because it took part in a scheme to give jobs and contracts to Madigan associates in exchange for favorable legislation. Madigan's not been charged with a crime. However, Minority Leader Jim Durkin laid out charges he wants the House
2: Special Investigating Committee to find including engaging in a bribery scheme, an extortion scheme, conspiracy to violate federal and state laws amongst other misconduct and misuse of the office.
0: The committee Thursday entered an exhibit of witnesses Republicans want to voluntarily testify, including Madigan and a former ComEd official who was charged with bribery last Friday. Republicans worried that could slow the process. Welch said the pause for guidance is precedent and promised hearings would resume expeditiously.
2: I think this uh, exhibit that has been acknowledged and entered into the record Underscores the importance for Leader Demmer and I to contact uh, the U.S. Attorney, uh, Lausch and seek his guidance.
0: Republican member, State Representative Grant Worley, said Madigan has to respond to what was laid out in the deferred prosecution agreement. ComEd entered into. Here we have the you know uh, statements of fact, and if the Speaker doesn't refute them, I think the logical conclusion can be drawn. I would hope that we don't have to get to the subpoena level, but that's certainly something that is uh, you know the powers are given in the rules. That would require a motion to be approved, but the committee's made of three Democrats and three Republicans, and if tied, such a motion would fail. Welch was asked how the public should react if there are
2: partisan votes. I hope that the being open and transparent about what we're doing, uh, they will understand uh, what's going on uh, with this committee. That's my goal.
0: And while a federal probe puts pressure on Madigan, a political observer sees the legislative and investigating committee as being a bit of a pressure valve. University of Illinois Chicago politics professor Christopher Mooney said Friday's indictment of a former ComEd executive on bribery isn't likely where federal law enforcement will end their efforts.
1: And It's like with drug dealers, it's the same old story. So little by little these things come out and it, what it does is increase the pressure on uh, other smaller or medium-sized fish to uh, come come forward and uh, you know uh, say something about the big fish.
0: He said the committee investigating Madigan's role in the Comed scandal may be a pressure valve. But
1: that doesn't that does that does absolutely zero in terms of uh, relieving the Fed's pressure.
0: But there's also a lot to unpack from the story. The federal prosecutors are telling about ComEd, Mooney said.
1: They had certain legislative goals, uh, and they banked heavily on uh, you know, developing uh, uh, influence with uh, the Democratic Party.
0: Governor J.B. Pritzker earlier this week said the utility should be forthcoming with the legislature and work with federal prosecutors so Illinoisans, quote, don't get taken again. Professor David Parker, director of the Center for the Study of Fraud and Corruption at St. Xavier University in Chicago, said Illinoisans need to pay attention to how the hearings unfold at the State House. I think this is historic. It sends a strong signal about, you know, are we committed to, to change and anti-corruption, um, or is it going to be status quo? It's not yet known when the next hearing will be but could be next week. Documents and committee schedules will be published at ilga.gov. It appears in class learning for all Illinois kids. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Kevin Bessler files this report.
2: During Thursday's COVID-19 update, Governor J.B. Pritzker was asked what the state's positivity testing rate must be to open up all the classrooms again. Well, it's a lot lower than where we are now, and it's a long way to go. In fact, as you know, at our very lowest positivity, we were at about 2.6% across the state,
0: which is a decent number.
2: The governor did say overall, the state is trending in the right direction. Well, I'm pleased to say that over the last seven days. Most of our regions have seen a slight decrease in their positivity rates. Two regions remain under stronger mitigations because of an increase in coronavirus cases. Region four, which is the Metro East area, and region seven, which is near Kankakee. I'm Kevin Bessler.
0: As members of Congress get back to work, some are looking for another COVID-19 aid package. President Donald Trump says he doesn't support bailing out what he called badly run Democrat cities and states like Illinois. Taylorville Republican U.S. Representative Rodney Davis said Illinois should not get a bailout for years of policymakers neglecting the state's finances before the COVID-19 pandemic.
3: Well, no one's going to bail out the structural uh, debt and deficit that Illinois has. That's just not that's not a, a pandemic expense. It's not something that's caused by the pandemic.
0: Naperville Democratic U.S. Representative Bill Foster said Illinois' structural debt is from years of Illinois paying more than it gets back in federal taxes.
1: So until that problem is fixed, uh, you know, this this
0: mischaracterization of this as a bailout uh, is just way off base. Foster said the deal for additional COVID-19 relief may be wrapped in with an end-of-year spending plan to get past the presidential inauguration in January. He said that would be to avoid making things more turbulent with threats of a government shutdown. Davis said he'd support allowing local governments to cover COVID-related costs with money Congress has already approved. While the U.S. Congress continues to hash out whether to release COVID-19 relief for states, Illinois' budget's $5 billion in the red without those federal funds that haven't been approved. Then there's the more than $1 billion more the budget Democrats passed, banks on a progressive income tax incumbent Republican state representative Blaine Willhauer said taxpayers can send policymakers a message about budget principles by you know just by simply voting no on the progressive income tax you know you want to force a force a tough conversation on our fiscal situation in Illinois a conversation that we've needed to have for a long long time that's the perfect place to start Chicago Democratic State Representative LaShawn Ford supports the progressive tax but he said if voters reject it he'll support the outcome and I think that the governor, then must go back to the drawing board and figure out how we can um Do everything we can to continue to um, grow revenue in this state. They're not the jobs working for small businesses that were largely affected by the state's COVID-19 restrictions on restaurants and bars, but there will be taxpayer funded temporary positions. Governor JB Pritzker announced the $16.6 million program in Rockford Thursday and said it'll place, train and hire nearly 1300 people for temporary jobs. Like Contact tracers like COVID-19 protocol workers, uh, building sanitization workers, something relatively new, uh, temperature screeners. Appearing with Pritzker and Rockford, Democratic State Senator Steve Stallman said the taxpayer-funded jobs were needed. As we try to recover economically, as we try to contain the virus, this is incredibly important to making sure that we recover economically in this community and across the state as well. Rockford Republican State Representative Joe Sosnowski said contact tracers may have been necessary early during the outbreak in certain hotspots like Chicago.
1: But now, uh, you know, it's really, uh, you know, too late, I think, to to really
2: help uh, any further. I think uh, we can better uh, put our efforts and expenditure of funds elsewhere.
0: Rockford Republican State Senator Dave Severson said a lot of times such programs cost too much to administer. He said instead the focus should be on incentives to get small businesses back open.
1: We can solve the problem by paying people um, you know, to work, or we can solve the problem by opening up the economy
2: and putting people back to work in long-term permanent jobs, which I think makes should be our major focus.
0: For the second straight year, the number of workers who are members of labor unions has declined in Illinois. Kevin Bessler reports.
2: Analyzing data from the Department of Labor's Bureau of Labor Statistics, Researchers found that union membership has decreased in the state by over 56,000 workers since 2017. Miley Smith is the director of labor policy with the Illinois Policy Institute. It's
3: not surprising to see the number of, of union members going down because we've seen that happening in the private sector for several years.
2: Smith says there are still workers who don't know their rights.
3: There are many government workers who are still unaware that they have this choice, that they have an option of saying no to union membership, and to paying fees to a union
2: repeated requests for comment from the authors of the research the illinois economic policy institute went unanswered i'm kevin Bessler. a free market think tank
0: as a suggestion to make Illinois' adult use cannabis industry more equitable lift the caps on how many licenses are available more than half of the 21 entities that could get a coveted cannabis license in the next round are owned by people of color state officials said Governor J.B. Pritzker said it's not perfect, and it's gonna take time to ensure the licensing is as inclusive as possible. We also know that there will be changes and fixes along the way. Um, There are about 400 other uh, licenses that will be awarded. Reason Foundation's Director of Drug Policy, Jeffrey Lawrence, said one fix is to make things more equitable by removing the limit on the number of available licenses. We've seen in other states that
1: cap the number of available licenses, there's been uh, in charges of corruption from people trying to buy off the regulators and game the
3: system uh, to get higher scores.
0: Lawrence said the free market would regulate how many cannabis businesses customers would support and such a move helps keep prices down and provides more consumer choice. Those are the top stories from the past week from Illinois. Find more online at thecentersquare.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan Michaela. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Illinois in Focus's Crosstalk segment. This is Chris Crew, publisher of the Center Square here in Illinois, joined by my friend and colleague Dan McCaleb, the executive editor of the Center Square. Dan, how's it going?
3: It's not too bad, Chris. It uh, Feels like we're going straight from March into December with the weather. Weather's been.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you. You know, the between the you know the lockdown and kind of, kind of rubbed out a lot of um, a lot of summer activity. And then uh, you know I think is kind of in, in that period where I, I think most Illinoisans, at least in our part of the state uh, up north in the in the suburbs of, uh, of Chicago, you got kind of the all clear to, to start to do things a little bit you know more openly, more freely. The temperature was just so oppressively hot, like literally ninety degrees uh, or thereabouts for two or three weeks, no rain. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel like I got a whole lot done, and then Labor Day comes along. It was actually, you know, to be fair, it was an absolutely gorgeous Labor Day weekend here,
3: yeah. And then, then something happened the polar vortex or something drove in, in these uh crazy if, temperatures and
1: it fell off the cold clip. rain, yeah. Good news is, yeah, it's, that, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna man.
3: say, it's two, 2020, I wouldn't be surprised if it snows here in September.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if it was snowing murder hornets here in 2020. But right. to, you know, I mean, I guess the good news is that we weren't out in Colorado. We weren't surrounded by fire on two sides, and snow and ice on one side, and I don't know what it was on the other side. But uh, you know, at any rate, we're we're resilient. We're tough. We're gonna we're gonna soldier on. Um, the news doesn't quit. Uh, it's although the news is moving at, at a at a much different pace uh than it was in the summer i think a lot of focus is now at the you know on the national level with the uh, with the, with the uh, presidential election uh just uh less than 60 days away at this point but things are happening here in illinois and uh things that that illinoisans need to know about and we should talk about so talk to me a little bit about this committee that is um getting together Uh, today as we tape this, uh, getting together today to talk about um, House Speaker Michael Madigan's role in the ComEd patronage scandal.
3: Yeah, it's uh, Thursday, um, September 10th as we're recording this and the first uh, meeting of this uh, special committee that was created um, to investigate House Speaker Michael Madigan and his connection to Um, essentially corruption charges filed against ComEd. um, Today is expected to largely be, it's going on as we're talking right now, it's uh, um, largely gonna be a a, a procedural meeting where they're gonna discuss how this investigative committee is going to work. Um, But uh, it was put in place after Republicans invoked uh, House Rule 91, one of Madigan's own House rules, Um, that that, uh, forces the creation of the committee um, after several Republican lawmakers uh, requested it. Um, And what they're gonna start doing is is looking into Madigan's connection um, to these charges that uh, federal prosecutors brought against ComEd, alleging essentially a pay-to-pay scheme. ComEd agreed in a deferred prosecution agreement to pay $200 million, a $200 million fine, because it admitted that it sought influence from Speaker Madigan to mm-hmm. um, help push through uh, legislation that was favorable to ComEd. Most famously, the 2016 um, bailout of ComEd that kept uh, s- some nuclear power plants opened um, in, in Illinois.
1: So is, is Michael Madigan going to, is he going to speak at these hearings? I mean, you know, here let me, let me just ask you to like, to be like, As clear as you possibly can be. I mean, you know, state state government and the procedures of state government probably, you know, not as clear to the to the the average listener um, as you know. I mean, other things that are sort of common from a rule standpoint or procedure standpoint. Um, It's somewhat a mysterious pro, pro you know mysterious process. So, what happens here? Does Madigan, I mean, does it? Does he sit like it's like a basically like a Senate hearing? Um, you know that that people might have seen on C-SPAN or somewhere else. Um, is he going to be asked questions? Is he going to? You know, do you, do we think he's going to answer questions? What 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 can people expect from this? He's
3: he's already said he's not going to be at today's um, today's meeting. Um, he's, it's not like he's. It's not like this is a trial where he sits there and listens to every single witnesses. Right. But he has said. Um, that he will be, appear before the committee um, if he's requested. I um, can't wait for that to happen. Uh, S- State Representative Tom Demmer, uh, the Republican, the committee's uh, Republican minority spokesman, of course, the committee's um, headed by Democrats, as all things are and, uh, in Illinois' legislature, he said they're going to call witnesses, both named and unnamed, um, in Comed's deferred prosecution agreement because they want to. F- Get to the bottom of whether Speaker, what Speaker Madigan knew, what he did, um, and when he did it, and whether or not he should continue to be Speaker uh, of the Illinois House. So, w- what sort of clouds the entire thing is that this federal investigation continues, it, it, it's continuing, it's still ongoing, and um, Republicans and Democrats uh, uh, on the committee are saying they don't want to interfere with that investigation. So, it's really unclear what witnesses they're. They're going to be able to uh, uh bring forward hopefully we learn more today of course listeners of this can can uh, can follow our coverage at the center square.com illinois because we will we will write about today's um committee hearing but mm-hmm. uh, another another hearing is scheduled for next week um hopefully uh, speaker madigan appears at that one and, and questions start getting asked whether madigan an- answers them uh, openly, directly, honestly, or whether he dodges them um, remains to be seen. Uh, of course, since the, these commed charges were filed, Madigan's made no public appearances. He's hid behind uh, official statements. He's denied mm-hmm. wrongdoing. He's not been charged with a crime. With a crime, to be to be fair to him now, but sure, there is a lot of smoke and and and. Uh, you know, We'll find out both based on this committee's investigation and based on the federal prosecutor's uh, continued investigation um, right. whether or not he's going to be uh, in a lot of hot water.
1: A little bit of that smoke, um, you know, uh, billowed uh, late Friday into um, into Saturday, so September fourth and fifth, you know, into the Labor Day weekend, um, where uh, it was announced that a former VP at ComEd. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Fidel Marquez um was charged with federal bribery conspiracy. And um those charges included basically a 10-year scheme uh to curry favor uh with Michael Madigan uh connected to um uh the uh sort of the what was going on with Comed, whether it was rate hikes or other matters. what what what's the scoop on that and how relevant is that to what's uh, going to happen next?
3: Well, oh, there's no doubt it's it's relevant. Um, um, as you mentioned, former VP of ComEd Fidel Marquez was charged with a, in a bribery conspiracy. Um, he apparently is cooperating with federal investigators, um, hoping that they'll lighten any potential sentence he faces. Um, but what's interesting um, here is uh, in, in the charging documents against Marquez. Um, Uh, They essentially say he sought influence from Public Official A, which is clear it's Mike Madigan because the documents don't name Madigan, but they say Public Official A is the Speaker of the Illinois House, which, of course, is Michael Madigan. And let me quote directly from these documents. Public Official A was able to exercise control over what measures were called for a vote in the House of Representatives, Public Official A, Madigan also exercises substantial influence and control over fellow lawmakers concerning legislation, including legislation affecting ComEd. And what the documents also say is that Marquez um, agreed to hire, um, give money to, um, and and otherwise benefit Madigan, Public Official A Associates, doesn't name Madigan, but we know Public Official A is, uh, benefits in exchange for favorable uh, legislation. Let me quote one more thing. Um, It was part of the conspiracy that, for the purpose of influencing and rewarding Public Official A, Madigan, in connection with his official duties as Speaker of the Illinois House of Representatives, and to assist ComEd with respect to legislation affecting ComEd and its business, ComEd arranged for various associations of Public Official A, including a Public Official A's political allies and individuals who perform political work for public official aid. Public official aid comes a lot up uh, uh, comes up a lot in this document um, to obtain jobs, contracts, and monetary payments associated with those jobs and contracts from ComEd and its affiliate. Even in instances where such associates performed little or no work that they were purportedly hired to perform for ComEd. Now that's a lot of legalese. What that essentially means is uh, Marquez agreed to hire uh, Madigan close Madigan Associates and do nothing jobs they monetarily benefited it f- f- for nothing in exchange. the only thing that ComEd got out of it was help from uh, Speaker Madigan um, to to approve legislation to work legislation through the process in in Springfield to have it passed um so ComEd benefited from
1: that mm-hmm well I mean it's gonna be fascinating to see what comes up you know um as as these hearings progress but uh i mean that seems pretty That seems pretty conclusive of course these are charges so i mean we'll have to see what comes with that i mean the um
3: these are charges, but the Deferred Prosecution Agreement against ComEd, I mean, ComEd admitted guilt, um, agreed to pay a $200 million fine, and right. agreed right. to cooperate with the federal investigation. Right. Absolutely.
1: Um, I mean, I guess it just depends on how, how, you know, I mean, ComEd's doing what's in ComEd's best interest, right? Of course. Of course. I guess the question here becomes, you know, was uh, Marquez essentially a bagman for ComEd in the relationship that is alleged? uh, between Comet and Michael Madigan. So, you know, we'll, 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 see federal, federal prosecutors are pretty good at what they do. They, um, they,
3: yeah, they, yeah. Sh- they, they sure are. And if they've got, um, witnesses cooperating, um, such as Fidel Marquez, uh, that makes their jobs a little bit easier. Yeah, I would say, I would say so that kind of, that could, that puts the runner pretty much at second or
1: second base, at least maybe third base, in know, in, in a situation like this, it's just, Michael Madigan has had an, an iron, you know, an iron grip on uh, on his operation um uh literally since you and I were in grade school. You know, yeah. so um and and we're not young men. We're handsome, <laughs> your, but we're not well, your you're well, younger I than counts. I am. You're yeah. oh geez. Fair enough. Uh, uh yeah, I mean this is this is fascinating, and obviously you know with the political theater that's playing out here in Illinois is is um, is gaining some some national attention, and and one of the things that that's come along with that is you know um, the sunset, the sunrise movement, um, which uh, is not just a Chicago uh, group; it's it's a national group, and they're they're very interested, frankly, in the tenets of the Green New Deal. And they showed up at Michael Madigan's house. So, I mean, even the I, I would say, you know, a pretty significant segment of the left, um, though, though not necessarily, you know, Madigan's people. This is a lot of like high school and college age kids, mostly. Is my understanding of this organization people that are interested in the planet's future and their view of the world is, you know, kind of through the lens of the Green New Deal. They showed up at at uh, at Madigan's place um in South Chicago and uh kind of uh, made a little bit of a ruckus
3: yeah this was a bit of a, a surprising development but uh an encouraging one um because this these are this is groups from the left um don't know if they're democrats or not but they generally uh, support uh democratic policies particularly on um energy uh, a, a, a number of them, dozens of them, showed up to protest Tuesday night of this week at uh, Speaker Madigan's house, calling for his resignation. Now, that's yeah. not something we've seen before. Um, de- of course, Democrats in the in the state house have largely um, stayed away from calling for uh, Speaker Madigan to resign, despite this ongoing uh, corruption scandal. Um, but out of nowhere, these uh, these these younger um, uh, younger adults i guess i'll say had the guts to show up to madigan's house and tell them how they think yeah so they, not they since i think
1: not since like uh sort of the, the 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 short-lived rise of the tea party yeah did have, have there been people outside of uh of michael madigan's house and and that's uh it's kind of interesting i mean he you know he, he joins a, a long line of people in political roles I do been, think it shows, though, that the, the tide visited. may
3: be turning, that you know, Speaker yeah. Madigan is losing support, a piece, uh, a small piece at a time, and um, as more comes out about this federal probe, this is only going to snowball. Uh, I,
1: I I don't disagree. I, I think it's like you know th- this is something that the only reason that I've, I even brought it up is because it is remarkable at that level. I mean these yeah. are, the, these are things that 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 frankly ha- have not happened. Of course, you know there is a a different uh temperature in the room uh uh, that is chicago uh and definitely a different temperature in the room that is the united states these days and and protesting is 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 back and and better than ever some groups do it i think more appropriately than others this seemed pretty pretty benign uh actually it seemed extremely benign it was completely in in the realm of 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 what a a quote-unquote peaceful protest should look like um if if there was something that I might want to like protest, and I haven't been to a protest for for quite a while, uh, this Restore Illinois committee or group oh, or plan or 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 task force yeah. <laughs> or whatever whatever in the world this thing is, I mean they didn't they're not even getting together. I mean, first of all, can you lay out sort of what Restore Illinois is all about, just for the benefit of people who are like like I mean, besieged by you know, terms and and uh, monikers for different projects and programs in the midst of COVID.
3: As, as Illinois legislature likes to do when faced with significant issues, problems, what have you, uh, they create a commission or a task force to study, uh, quote unquote, study the issue and come up with recommendations um, for solutions. Uh, of course, during the pandemic, Governor Pritzker shut down Illinois' economy leading to millions of uh, 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 workers being laid off, applying for unemployment benefits, et cetera. Um, Well, the legislature, which was in session for all of, what, three days during the pandemic, has mostly disappeared, decided to form the Restore Illinois Collaborative. What can the state do economically um, post-pandemic to to create jobs and to make things easier on um, businesses and whatnot? Well, guess what? The, the, the committee hasn't it, it, it's not meaning it's
1: are you saying that that legal pad has nothing written on it just yet <laughs> i mean i'm was- i'm i'm stunned by this because you know when when we do things like this around property taxes um you know certainly there have been uh there have been task force task forces that have been set up to look at um sexual harassment um you know, and other improprieties. Sort of yeah. yeah, right. I mean, don't they always come up with like awesome
3: outcomes? No. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> well, last year, 2019, um, the legislature created a, a, a task force to study property taxes and how to reduce um, the property tax burden on Illinois residents. Yeah. Um, depending yeah. on which study you see, Illinois. Uh, homeowners pay either the highest property taxes in the country or the second highest property taxes in the country New Jersey's always sort of lumped in there with Illinois as having the highest burden right and the the, the task force was charged with how to reduce that burden on Illinois homeowners and um, yeah they did meet um, a couple of times they did file a report several months after the, the report yeah. was due and the report well I, what did the solution how, how were your tra- property taxes uh this year i just oh man they're, it's all fixed
1: they, they went they went right to the floor yeah i mean it was great <laughs> you know i i i, I celebrated it by buying myself a you know a new a new riding tractor you know I mean, no i mean it, it's no nothing came of that i mean that's the problem with these things it's it's the veneer of it's the veneer of work being done on the problem and the one thing that really, I, but, I mean, I have to add this in. The one thing that really bothers me about that is that the people who are added to that committee, who have added to this committee, first of all, this one that we're trying to figure out how to, like, reboot Illinois post-COVID, and all the other committees, the people who are tabbed to participate in these things are actually paid an additional stipend. Is, is that not correct? To, to, to do this work. So it's not like, oh geez, you know if I can get to it you know my job's already so big and you know I mean as a part-time legislator you know who gets paid like a full-time legislator you know um yeah, I don't know if I can make time for that oh I'm being paid for it well then yeah, I'll put a
3: little attention to it and they don't they don't right. it's a joke and it, and it's that's looking like what's what's gonna happen here of course, we still have uh, issues with the uh, unemployment office um getting payments out to unemployed workers. Uh, we still have issues with uh, with with um, backlogs of uh, firearm owner identification, void cards, uh, applications. I'm hearing months uh, behind
1: that I, on that. I'm hearing yeah. months behind on that. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, are, have people yeah. like? I mean, here's a here's a, here's a question: What percentage of state employees are physically back to work? I mean, in, you know, in in I guess you know, in public-facing offices.
3: I mean, what percentage?
1: I'm mean, I, I forgetting. I'm asking yeah, this question. I, you don't, don't know, know that, the answer to this. I don't, don't know I mean,
3: that, yeah. I, I, anecdotally, I can tell you it's it's not a large um, percentage, but, it, but, but I don't know. I guess I, I'd be speculating. Um, certainly some are, no doubt. Yeah, right. Right. So, you know,
1: I mean, um, as far as it goes, I mean, you know, the, the why does this committee matter that, that's looking on sort of rebooting the economy you know, to deal with things post COVID. Well, you know, the state re- requires revenue to run, to operate. You know, it needs people to be working to generate that revenue. Um, and we are in the midst of a new budget year that is now, I guess technically it would be uh, about two months old, you know, two months and 10 days. So, whatever, 70, 70, 72 days old. Um, and that budget requires a massive bailout from the feds. So, which I'm going to guess it ain't common, You know, it's, it's this isn't that this is that this is not going to happen. So, what do we need to know here? I mean, as far as it goes with with the state budget.
3: Well, in terms of the state budget, we know tax revenue, tax collections are down because of when when the massive amounts of layoffs were occurring. People stopped paying income taxes uh, to the state of Illinois, so so that revenue is gone. Um, people were holed up in their houses, so they weren't spending as much um, on uh, at stores, so tax, sales tax uh, revenue is down. But even before all that happened, um, or during while that was happening, I guess it should stay. State lawmakers passed a budget that depends on two things that haven't occurred yet: one, a federal bailout. Um, and two, this progressive income tax increase that voters aren't going to decide on until November 3rd. Um, voters very well could reject uh, that progressive income tax increase. In fact, my personal opinion is, I hope they do, um, state government does not need more of our money. So if both of those things fall through, we're going to have a budget that's billions, billions plural, out of whack. Mm-hmm. So this tying it back to this uh, this Restore Illinois committee... Um, that me- group needs to get together and figure out how to boost Illinois economy. Illinois right. is one of the most overregulated states, uh, in the country, making it that much difficult, more difficult on small businesses and, um, and large businesses. Frankly, um, uh, one of the things they should be looking at is how to reduce the regulatory burden, um, in this state. So small business owners and large business owners, um, can put more people to work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to be able to make it up on um on recreational marijuana sales um and and basically stoning our workforce out over the next uh over the over the next 10 months you know it just doesn't you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna weed your way to prosperity here here in illinois the dollars have to come from somewhere absolutely People are leaving Illinois, they're, 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 and I mean, amidst this call for like census data and, and, uh, or people to get their census stuff squared away, uh, people are splitting. Um, I had a question with regard to sort of just census and the census information that's come in, you know, it was where, where were you on what it was at April 15th or some such thing was the, is the marker for, for, you know, for census data.
3: Yeah, census Census Day was uh, April first, uh, but that April got extended, 1. of course, because of that was you know right at the beginning of the pandemic and the restrictions that governments were putting place to the stay at home orders and whatnot. So it got st- extended, um, uh, but. Uh, you, Illinois residents who have not filled out the census have until the end of this month, I believe is when it is now, um, to go online, to respond to census phone calls, to, uh, respond to respond to knocks on your doors from census workers. That is going on right now. Um, please do um, have your and your family counted um, for this year's census. And we'll have a better idea once the census uh, data is released um, next year. But it's, Tying it back to Illinois's fling, we do have. Of course, it's not news that Illinois residents are leaving the state in record numbers. That's been happening for, I think, it's six consecutive years that Illinois' population um, has declined in the tens of thousands of people on net, counting both in migration, out migration, births, deaths, etc. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we do have some an- anecdotal evidence. Um, United Van Lines uh, every year does a survey of, or um, uh, counts. Uh, the number of people who rent moving vans who both leave, and this is not just for Illinois, this is countrywide, and they count the number of people who rent moving vans, for example, at Illinois, we're talking about Illinois, who are, rent the moving vans in Illinois and are moving out, and then uh, who rent vans in other states and are moving in. And um, uh, uh, only uh, almost 61% of Illinois residents uh, were outbound um, so much, many more people are continuing to leave the state than are moving into the state.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, it's, I think that this is a number, obviously, that's, that's shown up on the, on the chart.
3: I said 61%. Let me say it was 61% last year. This year, that number is 67%. Yeah. So it's, it's, only, up, it's accelerating.
1: It's, it's basically, it's up 10% year over year. And, you know, the, the, the net loss over, was it a ten-year period or a five-year period? It was like hundred and forty-five thousand people left the state. Um, that was
3: five years. Yep.
1: Yeah, and and um, and and that does not take into account uh, people who are are dying and and the and and the restoration of the population through births. So people are rolling out. We're we're no longer you know a, a state of thirteen plus million. We're probably about twelve point seven million based on the best estimates coming into this census and then we're going to have the the, the number measured again i just wondered you know what with the with sort of with covid and what's going on with it if it's actually if there's an acceleration and that the by the time that the census numbers are fully counted that there'll be fewer people in the in the state simply in the past x number of months that then reported that they were here you know, when they filled out their census information, whether that was in March or April or, or May or, or before then.
3: Well, if you, if you take this United Van Lines a survey at its word, it certainly has accelerated. Yeah. Um, the number of outbound uh, moves compared to inbound moves um, jumped almost a full 10% yeah. uh, year over year uh, during, the, during the same time period between 2020 and 2019. Yeah. So it, it, and this means many things. Uh, it means fewer tax dollars in the state because there's fewer taxpayers in the state. Right. So Illinois' debt burden is going to fall on a fewer number of people. Correct. Uh, the, the, the folks uh, who choose to stay here or have to stay here because of their jobs or, or whatever. Um, we're going to lose, at minimum, um, one member of Congress uh, that's pretty much guaranteed. It's possible we lose two two members of Congress because after the census, every uh, uh, every ten years, um, states that are growing um, gain congressional representation, and right. states that are shrinking lose congressional uh, representation. So that right. means less fluence in Washington, C- D. C. with the federal government. Right. Um, it's just not a. It's 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 not a good sign. It's like a business that's shrinking. It's,
1: well and it's yeah and, it, and, and it's it's like raising prices on your customers when your customers are leaving in droves and 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 that i mean that is a direct connect to you know this push for the progressive income tax which is on the ballot you know it it is
3: which if it, it passes it, will only further out migration
1: yeah and i mean and, and you know at this point in time if you're you know if you're listening to this and you made it this far into the podcast i mean then first of all thank you uh second of all um you know you you're probably a pretty reasonable media consumer, and you have heard the pro and con advertising for the progressive income tax, and, and I, I really find that the quote unquote "fair tax uh, advertising is, is, is really it's really disingenuous and misleading. I mean the the legislature, when given an opportunity uh, to raise taxes, has taken that opportunity um with the you know sort of with with the vote of the people if the this changes constitutionally they can legislatively raise taxes on income for individuals and businesses at any point that they want and 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 that would continue on until there was another opening of the constitution to set it back I mean My goodness, if there is ever like a a piece of um, public policy that Illinoisans need to to kind of really think about uh, before they vote on it, it's this one. Because here's the grip. If this progressive income tax goes through, you are going to see exodus from this state like you've never seen before.
3: I'm saying call, something.
1: My That's opinion, saying- right? And and we've already seen what it looks like now, right? I mean, people are leaving in anticipation of of having to deal with the you know the forthcoming issues with with pension, uh, the pension burden that all of us you know who choose to stay in the state of Illinois accept to pay, accept ACC EPT to pay. Um, if this goes through, you're you're going to you're going to be paying more money out of your earnings. And as we said earlier, there's absolutely been no work done on the reduction of property taxes. So if you're a homeowner, or even if you're a renter, the person who owns your building pays taxes on that building, and your rent pays for those taxes. If you're not seeing this as a a significant problem um, with regard to, um, you know, uh, what sits in front of the state, and you're not paying attention to this, you need to shake yourself awake. You need to put your bong down and you need to think about it because this is going to change the course of Illinois. If, if, if this makes it through, this is going to change the course of Illinois for decades. Now, regardless, something has to happen in Illinois with regard to the debt that it needs to service. But if you put this in the hands of a legislature, that has very specifically not managed Illinois' money very well, which is why we are in the situation that we are in. You're going to let the people who have created the problem attempt to solve the problem by spending through it.
3: You'd have to have your head
1: examined on
3: that. History shows us that, that lawmakers don't follow through on what they promise. This decade alone or the past 10 years alone, we've had Two income taxes, income tax increases foisted upon us by the state legislature, all under the guise of because of our pension debt, which is now at $140 billion, all under the guise of that we, we need the new revenue to pay down pension debt. We've had two income tax increases in the last nine years, I think it is. Um, and guess what? The pension debt has only ballooned even after those two income tax increases. During, During the years,
1: biggest bull market in the history yes. of the stock market, which is where the pension dollars are are generated once they're collected, right? I mean, this money goes into the marketplace and the market has roared in the last four years. I mean, has been off the chart. We've had a bull market since the crash coming out of like 2012. So we've had eight going on nine years of profitable
3: years in the stock market and that debt continues to increase and in this and in, yeah and billions of dollars in new income tax revenue coming in because of these previous prior to income tax hikes and they still can't get their ship in order yeah why would any illinois in their right mind want to agree to give more money to state government they I don't, don't spend it right I They waste know. it uh, they waste it on you know on things like um oh i don't know um uh associates close to the speaker madigan i'm um, getting ghost jobs
1: yeah i guess so i guess so that and other things um last couple of things is interesting to see small but um hardy groups of parents out uh, protesting um schools being closed i do not know who was behind that uh i did see those stories this week if you saw them in your market uh, you weren't alone. If your if your local newspaper took the time to write about it, or if you saw it on your local TV station, that the, these things were smattered around the uh, around the state. Those occurred. I want to say on Wednesday, Wednesday
2: um,
1: night, or yeah, or it was it Tuesday night into Wednesday? It's kind of interesting. Um, e learning, it's it's terrible. Um, I don't blame the teachers. I, I, I and and to be honest with you. I can't even blame the administrators because they're they're tools in this game, uh, but the state of Illinois and the state of education K twelve is uh, it, need, it look if this isn't enough to make us step back and say this doesn't work this doesn't make sense um, then I don't think that not any anything is my children have not been in a classroom I don't think since like the first week of March
3: same here
1: and and so you know, you, what does that mean? Um, And why does that matter? Well, I will tell you that um, both of my school age children have, I wouldn't say like difficulty, like they need, well, maybe the, I don't know, maybe that's not fair. Maybe they do have difficulties. They're unlike other, other people's kids, but maybe it's, if this sounds like you, you let me know. Um, Transitions are brutal. I mean, trying to get up from one task to the next, We've, we've buried these kids in the computers and on the, on the computer screens now basically since uh, March, six months. Um, you know, they weren't allowed to go outside really and do anything meaningful until August, I want to say. You know, when, when, like, on, like, I mean, the playgrounds were closed until like August. Yeah. You know, I mean, they haven't played with other kids really in any meaningful way now for six months. Man, we are doing a massive disservice. Um, And I understand why parents are are frustrated. Hopefully they deal with this appropriately with the teachers. You know, the administrators, you can give them whatever level of hell you want, as far as I'm concerned. And certainly, you know, the regional superintendents of schools, which are positions that should be eliminated across the state. You talk about fat, just cut that fat right off of there. And then, and then, you know, the, 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 the state legislature was shut out of this. So this is really governor J b. Pritzker 's ball game. You can give him as much grief as you want. Be nice to your teachers they 're trying. this isn 't how they are wired. This wasn 't what they signed up to do. Um, i don 't like the fact that the unions have exacerbated that the teachers' unions have exacerbated attempts to go back to the classroom. Uh, not enough to go stand on a street corner about it. I guess we all had the option of of like putting our kids into say like parochial schools or whatnot um not super psyched about, about the policy decisions that, that are, that are guiding us where we are right now.
3: Right. And just to add on to that though, I would say, you know, please peacefully protest or whatnot, but also show up in your school board meetings. I mean, it's, it's the school boards, um, are largely, uh, uh, uh making, uh, these decisions about, you know, whether they're remote learning, whether there's a hybrid model, whether it's in person, private schools have shown that you can, uh, have safe in-person classroom settings uh, public schools need to get back to it
1: i'm with you on that somehow some way that we we got to make this happen um there's a student oh oh, i I gotta say this i read this story and i don't know who broke it 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 was a a teacher from the carolinas who was very young um i want to say 28 years old um The story, the way it was reported and the way that the story has been traded in social media, you'd be led to believe. And she sadly, very, very sadly and tragically, because like I said, she's 28 years old. She died of some COVID. It's been reported that she's died of some COVID related illness. Okay, Um, but I believe that this story has been conflated to suggest that she was teaching in school with children present and that this has been this is one more reason why we shouldn't send teachers and kids back into the classroom that's complete garbage the the teacher went in preliminarily prior to the start of the school year has not been fit was not physically present you know uh with with students and um how she contracted covid is only anybody's guess but if you're seeing that story Take a look at how some of the mainstream media have reported it. I think it's a, it, it's really disingenuous to label her or to, to to bring her forward as a teacher and that that be relevant to the story because she was not in a in a teaching setting. She was teaching on Zoom, no more, no less likely to get or to transmit than anybody else who's been working remotely for the you know for the last X number of uh, of months. Um, today as it sadly
3: sadly one thing we've seen through this entire pandemic is just the inconsistent inaccurate and completely biased uh reporting on on covid and what it means for people and it's it's the you you turn on the tv news and you you read some of the mainstream uh media outlets it's just that that sort of incorrect biased reporting you see all, all too much of
1: it's baffling to me, and and I mean it's just disingenuous. So, um, today is as we said, it's September tenth. Uh, tomorrow is the anniversary of September eleventh. I mean, take take a moment and and please, you know, if you're listening to this tomorrow, please take a moment, obviously, and spend some time and thought about that. Uh, but the NFL season begins tonight. That's actually something I think a lot of people have been looking forward to as we get back into um you know a, a probably um a, a more eagerly anticipated uh professional sports season uh it'd be worth bringing on john Spitaro, one of the hosts of the state lines podcast and and radio program which is heard here across the illinois radio network and available at anchor.fm uh john and uh jason gotch our our sports director um take a look at what's going on in gaming um, and uh, go through the games of the week. And, John, what's going on? Talk to us about this weekend, my friend.
4: Wow, two weeks in a row. Look at me. I'm uh, becoming a regular here on the program. But, uh, yes, Chris, you're right. Uh, state Lines is back for a second season. We are excited. And, and, really, in all the talk we've had about sports betting and sports gaming in the state, NFL is really – When it gets serious, most of the bets in this country are are placed on NFL games. And with the start of the season tonight, uh, since we're taping on Thursday, and then obviously the local team, Chicago Bears playing on Sunday, uh, this is going to be a big weekend for bettors and betting operators in the state. So we're excited over at State Lines, Jason and I put in our picks to give you guys a little bit of a tease and kind of something to think about if you're interested in, in playing out there. I decided to use my picks this week to pick teams um, specifically that were playing against uh, road games, playing against teams that had big home field advantages. So I picked the Vikings, uh, Packers game, I picked the Packers, because usually it's tough to play in Minnesota, right? Big, loud crowd cheering, uh, using Viking chants and whatnot. They're not going to be in the stands this year. It's going to be empty seats. So is well, the there, are, there, are a of, there are a handful
1: there are a handful of teams that are going to have some fans
4: in the stands, right Very limited. I mean we're talking like in a 80,000 person stadium no more than maybe uh, 15 or 20,000. So uh, probably enough to make some sort of a hum but not enough to make a, a, a ground shaking. Uh, wall of sound when you're trying to snap the ball on third and long.
1: And, uh, you know, I've been watching, you know, Major League Baseball since it's come back, and and I've kind of, you know, even though it's agitating, I've I've kind of become used to the piped-in crowd noise. What is the NFL? uh, What is the stance that they're taking with regard to ambient noise in the stadium?
4: It sounds like they're going to allow teams to pump in sound. It's actually an interesting piece to the puzzle because unlike the MLB and the NBA and other sports, the NFL explicitly prohibited that because I think it was the Colts maybe in the 90s. And then as recently as a few years ago, uh, people accused the Atlanta Falcons of piping in uh, fake crowd noise because it is an advantage. Unlike other sports, you know, you're calling plays on the line of scrimmage like uh, a lot of teams do now. And, and if you can't hear the calls, uh, your, your whole team is off. So um, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be tasteful. I'm sure it's not going to be, you know, recreating this uh, 100 plus decibel crowd that they usually get at some of these games. But I think it's all going to be a, a, a different presentation, like you talked about in uh, watching baseball games. NFL is pretty much made for TV anyway at this point. So they're going to make sure those who are watching on TV are enjoying and then we'll see what they get for the people who are actually sitting in the stands. All right. And um, what's your uh, what what's yeah. your
3: take on the Bears this year? Are they going to make the playoffs?
4: Well, yeah, we we did the over under on uh, on the total wins for the year. The Bears are at 8 this year, which you know, obviously is a 500 season. I I took the over. I think they'll win 9 games. Um I think Nick Foles is going to play a, a a big role this year. Uh, I do not have the faith in Mitch Trubisky that he's going to finish the year as the quarterback. So that gives me a little bit of hope that they'll be slightly better than last year, which they finished eight and eight last year. I think they could finish nine and seven this year with a little bit of a bump from a better backup quarterback than they've had in the last few years. I don't know if playoffs are, are in order. Um, it's going to be an expanded playoffs again uh, for the for the NFL. So it's going to be a little bit of a of a new experiment for everyone. I don't know if they're Super Bowl bound or what? But nine wins sounds pretty good for the Bears this year.
1: And we have a fair number of people, you know, in particular, like you know, and I think this dates back to like sort of how that how television worked, you know, in the in the fifties and sixties, maybe into the seventies as well before cable, you know, from like the Rockford area and even like western McHenry County, and maybe you'd say all the way over to Galena who care about the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is. Um, he's uh he's 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 getting up there in in years is is, is this is this his last go-round and and what do the packers
4: look like this year well the packers had a pretty good year last year they made the playoffs they got back to form after firing mike mccarthy and bringing in uh matt lafleur Uh, jason gotch my co-host on state lines actually picked aaron Rodgers as a sleeper mvp he expects him to have a big bounce back year and return to form as one of the top qbs in the league so for all the Packer fans out there, I think the expectations are where they always are, which are, you know, compete for the division and then, uh, you know, expecting a, a playoff game or two at Lambeau. So uh, I, I think that's that's right on. I think they have a nine uh, over-under win mark. So they were just a game or two better than the Bears projected. And uh, I, I think that's about right. I could see them win in 10 or 11 games. And, uh, you know, kind of continuing their uh, push to start uh, get you to the playoff operation that they've been running for uh, pretty much all my lifetime at this point.
1: We'll throw out a shameless plug for State Lines. Let the let the listening audience understand what you got going on there, where they can hear it, when they can hear it, and
4: uh, what it's all about. Yeah, just like uh, you can find Illinois in Focus on Anchor.fm, State Lines is available on Anchor.fm. We've got the full uh, season from last year up on the site if you want to listen to some of the old shows, and then obviously we'll have – the new episode's released every Friday, and uh, you can also catch it on some select stations across the Illinois radio network. So we're excited. This is the first year we're going to be doing the show where you can actually place bets in the state. So we're going to have a lot more fun with some of the lines that are offered, specifically here in Illinois. There's a lot of uh, you know promotions being run right now to get you onto the app, so we're looking forward to Having another great year at State Lines with myself and Jason Gotch.
1: Well, I appreciate you laying that out. And, John, thanks for joining us.
4: Yep, as always. Been a pleasure.
1: Dan, um, thanks for the time again today. It was good to talk with you. Same here. We'll look forward to doing it again next week. For Dan McHale, this has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to the Illinois in Focus podcast on the Illinois Radio Network, powered by the Center Square in Illinois. Over to Greg Bishop for a look at what
0: the center square will be working on next week. Next week, we're closer to the general election. We'll continue to unpack the arguments being made heading into the vote, the continuation of the investigation against House Speaker Michael Madigan for a bribery scheme, other legislative hearings, and the continued economic impacts of COVID-19 mitigations. This has been Illinois in Focus. For more Illinois stories and commentary online, visit thecentersquare.com. For the Center Square Illinois, I'm Greg Bishop.